okay, there's a halacha brought down. I don't know how stark it's ma'ake, but there's an Indian that one should be able to see the stars when they're when you're in the sukkah. So when you put up your schach, if you makbid, it should be very thick. Nevertheless, there's an Indian you should be able to see the stars. So the shail is, what is this Indian that you have to see the stars? So um, the emphasis is like this. Person leaves Yom Kippur and Mistoma, you, you spend 30 days in Elul working on yourself and then you have a Seris Yom and you walk away from Yom Kippur and probably some people are wondering, was it all worth it? Was my tefillis accepted? Did I get a mechilus avoynois? Did I get the darga that I wanted to achieve? So first of all, you should know there's a Misa. There was a Yidra Yoyna first. He was a very big tzaddik. He learned in the Nitra Yeshiva in Europe. Later on, I think he was one of the founders of Yeshiva in Mount Kisco with the Mechobe Weissmandel. I'll call upon him. A bocher came to him once. I think it was in America already. A bocher came to him, very tzabrochen. He said, I didn't have a good Yom Kippur. So he said to him, bocher You had a very good Yom Kippur. He says, let me tell you a story. Now, I don't know if he was eyewitness to the story, but he says over that on the train to Auschwitz, the Yidden are crammed in there like sardines, pushed in there like cattle. They're going in cattle cars. Many people die before they got to the concentration camp. And they look up, and there's a guy amongst them, tall, blonde hair, blue eyes. He doesn't look like uh, your typical Polish Yid. And so they asked him, what are you doing on the train? You don't look like a Yid. He says, I'm a gayer. So they asked him, why would you want to become a gayer? So he said, I'll tell you. I lived in a, a certain town or a city, and I knew all the Yidden in the city. We did business together. I walked past the shul as the Yidden were coming out after Ni'ila, and the people that I'm used to doing business with, they were angels. I saw them, they looked like Malachim. And I said to myself, if this religion transforms people into angels, this is what I want to be part of. They said, you went through Yom Kippur, you had a good Yom Kippur, don't worry. So everyone should know, you had a good Yom Kippur. But the emiss is, uh, we, we die gezuch. So Kodesh Baruch Hu says, listen, put your mind at ease. I want you to look from the sukkah and see the stars. What's the message of the stars? Back in the early days, before you were born, Hashem created the sun and the moon, and the moon was the same size as the sun. So the moon, and we both can't be the same size because then there's no difference between day and night, and with two malachim, it's not going to work. So Kodesh Baruch Hu said, Gavald Ketayna, so you have to shrink. So Kodesh Baruch Hu shrunk the moon. So the moon taina, but because I had a good taina, I have to shrink. So Kodesh Baruch Hu said, okay, listen, 
Uh, you know what I'll do for you? Since you're not going to have as much light, we'll add the stars. So we'll put in the stars that will be Mephias you. Even though the Rebbeinu was correct in what he did. I mean, the moon had a taina. I'm not so freed in the way it is. So he said, okay, you should make yourself smaller. And, but the moon wasn't so free. So he said, okay, I'll be Mephias you with stars. So the same thing the Rebbeinu says to us, you're in the sukkah. And you're worried, was Hashem Moichel me? Hashem says, listen, take a look at the sky. I want you to see the stars. What are the stars for? The stars are there to show I was Mephias somebody. I want to be Mephias you as well. I want you to feel good. I want you to know you had a Mechila. So take a look at the stars. And just like the stars represent that Hashem was Mephias, the moon, that he didn't have to be Mephias, I'm showing you, Kindleach, I want to be Mephias you as well. And so that's one of the inyon. The emphasis is like this. This is more uh, a, a, a raid for yeshiva bochrim, but I'll call upon him. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we go into a yontem like sukkah, you go into a yontem and you feel, you know, vos binach, I should sit in the sukkah, tilusa de hemnusa, and all the kedusha shaboy, uh, the Svarim say this is the only mitzvah you go into with your entire body. So it's mamish like a gavaldic azach, and who knows if my Yom Kippur was so good. So the emiss is like this. One of the messages of Sukkot is that you can see what a mensch can do with a shtick psalus. The whole sukkah you can make with a bunch of junk. You find a bunch of junky boards. And you put a bunch of soilus garin v'yekev on the top, and that's the shayna sukkah. So the whole thing could be junk, and you put it together, and now it becomes kodesh. Now you can't even take a piece of wood to, as a toothpick. It's all kodesh for the seven days of yontiv. It's like as kedusha, like the korban aleg, like a chagiga. It's memela. What can you do with psalis? You can make kedusha. So a person should think, A person has to realize that wherever you are, whatever you think you are, you can be a kodesh l'ashem. They say a maisa, that one cholomoy tzukis, Shlomo Zalman Aubach Zatzal, was very besimcha. So they asked him, what was the, why, you look so happy, what's, what's the simcha? He said, I was visited by one of my former Talmudim with his wife and with the new baby, so it was a very big simcha for me. So they said, Rebbe, you get visited on Cholomoy by hundreds of former Talmudim. This visit was so choshen. He says, okay, I'll tell you the story. This bocher came from a, a broken family. The father was not uh, very religious. The mother wanted the son to learn. And so it created a lot of friction, and eventually they got divorced. And the boy was in yeshiva, but he felt always that I'm to blame because of my parents' problems. And so he had this uh, chip on his shoulders, and it affected him. And because of the matzav at home, he had bad matzavim, and slowly but surely he started to, you know, to... His learning wasn't so stark. His chavrusa started to drop him. And then he started to miss a seder here, a seder there. And then he slept through shachras. And slowly but surely, he drifted and drifted. Finally, the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back, so to say, was that one Shabbos, the bochum in the yeshiva saw Kemat right next to the yeshiva. He hitched a ride in the car, and he started to drive off on Shabbos. 
And everybody saw. It wasn't like this was done with sinner. This was Mamish done. So Sunday morning, he came back to Yeshiva, and right away the Mashkiach goes over to him and says, Pack your bags. We can't have Machalalei Shabbos here in the Yeshiva. So this is what he was waiting for. He packed up his bags and his suitcase, and he's waiting outside the Yeshiva building to get picked up or whatever it is. And as he's waiting there, Rabbi Shleim Zalman drives up to give shear. He gets out of his car, out of the monit, whatever, delivered him to the yeshiva. And he sees this bocha with a suitcase. He goes over to him and he says, what's going on? Where are you going? He says, I got thrown out of the yeshiva. He says, what do you mean you got thrown out of the yeshiva? I'm the rush yeshiva over here. I make decisions. Who? He says, Rebbe, believe me, if you would have known what I did, you would have also thrown me out of the yeshiva. He said, uh, what did you do? The bocha starts crying. So Rabbi Shalom Zalman tells the Bacha, listen, tell the Bacha in my shear that shear is going to start late today. And he says to the Bacha, come with me to my office. So he takes the Bacha into his office, and he says to the Bacha, what happened? Bacha tells him this whole story and how things led from one thing to the next, and he was Machal Shabbos. So Rabbi Shalom Zalman says to him, did you feel bad about it? Well, how did you feel when you were in the car? He says, Rebbe, I, it broke my heart. After a few minutes, I asked the driver to drop me off. I just felt like terrible. I, I, he says, would you do it again? He says, Rebbe, I, I would never do it again. I felt so bad. I felt like such a schmata. I would never do it again. He says, Abarze, take your suitcases, bring it back to your room, and um, you're coming back to Yeshiva. So he says, Rebbe, listen, no one's going to learn with me. I'm a Chal Shabbos. I'm not, no one's going to be my Chavrusa. So Rabbi Shlomo Zalman said to him, that's my problem. I'll take care of it. You get back into the yeshiva. Shlomo Zalman sent for the best bochum in the yeshiva. He says, I want you to learn with Ploini. He says, Rebbe, I don't want him to ruin me. He says, listen, if you're shaking, no one's going to ruin you. Right? You just give to him, and everything will be fine. Then he calls in the next bocher. He says, I want you to learn with this guy. He sets him up a whole schedule with the best bocher in the yeshiva, and the bocher started to learn, and slowly but surely became from one of the best bocher in the yeshiva. Because that's the bocher that visited me today with his wife, with his child, and for me it was a special simcha. So the bottom line is that what you can do, what a person thinks, he became a shtick soilus, you can become... Like the sukkah, you become kodesh Hashem. A person has to know that that's the way it is. So there's, there's one lesson that I want to share with you, Negea, the sukkah itself. The Moyodikizach, you find that um, if you look at, at the Arba Minim, so uh, Pashas, we have one esrik. Why only one esrig? I mean, it's very hard to afford two esrig. But I'll call upon him. One esrig is connected the heart. The esrig is connected the lave. So you have one heart, so you have one esrig. The lulav is connected the spine, so you have one spine and one lulav. The aravas are connected your lips, so you have two lips, so you get two aravas. The adasim are connected the eyes, so you have two eyes, three adasim. So how come three adasim if you only have two eyes? Another kasha is that the halacha is that the three hadasim have to be mishuloshim. 
right? You have to look very carefully. You got to get the, you know, the quadruple olive adasim, so you make sure that they're all completely mishulish. Now, if it's not mishulish, what's it called? The hadash shaita. So, where do you find such a thing? If you have a mezuzah, that's possible. We don't call it a mezuzah shaita, right? You know, we don't use that name. If you have, uh, you know, if you, if you have matzah, that's not the kashul pace. We don't call it matzah shaita, right? You don't call it tefillin shaita if there's something possible. First, epis that dasim apostle. We don't just say that possible. No, it's a hadas shaita. What's the pshat in that? So, emes is like this. Abayne b'chaya says a taich in the yontav of sukkah. Why is it called sukkah? So gevenlich, we say it's called sukkah because the Lashen Schach, the Schach covers us, the Lashen Sukkah is Pairis Sukkah Sholem, the Sukkah spread over us. Rabbi Mechaia says the Moed Gazach, he says the word sukkah also comes from the word soiche, to see, to look at something. Like you find Sori Imenu had the name Yiska. Yiska was another name that Sarah had, and the reason why is because she was soiche beruach hakodesh. She was able to see with ruach hakodesh. So the word sukkah comes from lashon soiche to be able to see. He says, "What does that have to do with the lumbers of sukkahs?" He says, "The sukkah is a diras arai. The sukkah teaches us that you have to learn to look at the reality." To look at our world with the right perspective, with the perspective of Yiddishkeit, that this world is a temporary world. We're here for 70, 80, 90 years, 100 years, and then we go to the Oilam Emes forever and ever. A person who looks at this world as a temporary world understands, I'm not here to, to be kind I'm here to be kind This world is just a prizer in front of the tracklin. And I have to nutzeis this world, not to the gishmak of this world, but the gishmak of this world is to give me the challenge to overlook the gishmak and find the depth of meaning, which is the dveikas with HaKadosh So the word sukkah says that this yontiv is the vision, the ability. It gives you the eyesight to look at reality with the right perspective. This world is the dearest arai. My protection is the schach. My protection is the reboi shaloylam. I don't rely on anything else. My protection is the abishta. And all I need is four walls or two walls. I feel tefach. And I'm dovuk with HaKadosh Baruch And I don't need everything else. That's the message that sukkah teaches you. You have to look at this world with the, with the, with the eye of your seichel, and that's why you have a dearest, that's why it's called a sukkah. If you do a fish it's like the marshal with the Chavetz Chaim, the Yid came to him, and he looked at the Chavetz Chaim's house. The Chavetz Chaim didn't even have a floor in his house. He had an earth floor, and he didn't feel it was worth the time to wash the floor, because he felt he told his daughter, who had a, had a wooden floor, listen, you can spend the time washing in a shama. What do you have to wash the floor for? But I'll call upon him. This visitor came, and he lived in, uh, you know, some fancy place. He looked at the Chavetz Chaim's house and said, where's your furniture? So the Chavetz Chaim said to him, where's your furniture? He said, my furniture, I'm just passing through. So the Chavetz Chaim said, I'm also only passing through. This is only visitors in this world. So I'll call upon him. This is the pshat by the Hadassim. The Hadassim represent the eyes. The emphasis is you have to have three eyes. You have your two fleshiga eyes to look at the world, to see what you have to see, but you have to have the ene hasechel. You have to have another eye to look at reality with the lesson of the sukkah, to look at reality and understand this world is not 
what it's cracked up to be. It's not here for the pleasures, for the gishmak, for the glimmer and gladder. I'm here in this world to serve a Kodesh Baruch Hu, with the dearest Arai, Midafarainchap, and Mitzvahs, and Tayyun Avedis Hashem. So therefore, the, 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 the three Hadassim, because they're coming to teach you, you need that extra eye, the Eine HaSeichel, to look at reality from the perspective of the Yid. And the Mela, if those three eyes are not in sync with each other, then it's Taka called the Hadash Shaita. Then you're looking at the world with like a fool. You're not looking at reality the way you should. You're not looking at it with the intellectual awareness of the Eine HaSeichel. So then it's Taka appropriate to call it Hadash Shaita. But when all the three Hadassim are lined up, that means you're looking at the world together with the right perspective, that's the mitzvah of Hadashah. That's the way it's supposed to be. So with that in mind, uh, what to share with you, Machshava, Rabbi Yaakov Galinsky says over, uh, a different uh, sugi, but I think it's very kedaited shtel too. There's a Gemara on that Kuf Yedalad in Baba Metziah. It says, Ashkechei Rabba Baravul El Yohu Dekoi Bebeis HaKvorashal Oidei Rabbi Baravu will find that finds Elio on Novi in a Goyish cemetery. What he was doing in the Goyish cemetery, but he bumped into Elio on Novi in a Goyish cemetery, and he starts asking him questions in learning. And uh, he, he says, he asks him a question that's, uh, he asks, how do you know that someone who's not wearing clothing is not allowed to take truma, shouldn't take truma? So he says, then Rabbi Baravu turns to Elio and Novi and says, wait a second, Elio, aren't you a Kayan? You know that Pinchazu Elio, so Elio and Novi is a Kayan. He says, if you're a Kayan, what are you doing here in the cemetery? Right? The Kayan can't come into a cemetery. So Elio and Novi says to him, right, Omalei you never learned Mishnah, you say the Taharis, the Tani Rab Shimon Yechoyoi Mekivreim Shaloi Dekachom Memetamen. It says that the kevorim of goyim are not metame. So vos rakes the merkasha to the favorite shalach and say the taras. You don't know that. So Rabbi Baravua says to him that omolei biarboloi mutsina b'shisa mutsina. He says I have enough time, hard enough time learning for sedarim. So I learn noshim nazikin moyed and kachim. You want me to know zeroyim and taras? How am I supposed to know taras? I have a hard enough time with the other four. For Sidorim. So he says to him, What's your problem? Why can't you learn all four? So he says to him that uh, I can't. Why, why can't I? So he says to him, I'm very poor. I don't have any money. So I'm muttering for Parnosa. It's hard enough for me to find the Menuchas and Nefesh to learn. So I'm learning. Rabbi Baravu was one of the Amoiroim, and the stomach was Machayim Mason, and everything was on a Gavaldika Madrega. Nor was his Bikiyas, and Mishnayas was wanting. So he says, Why? Because I'm an Ani. What, what can I do? I learn as much as I can, but uh, the, the Dachis of Anias, uh, after Muchasach, I can't know so much. So what does Eliyonobi do? So he says, I lay. Dabre ba'ayle Ganeden. He took him to Ganeden. Omalei pishoid glimech sofi shkoil mehani tarfei. He says, take, open up your cloak, and fill it up with these leaves that are lying on the floor here in Ganeden. So he starts filling up his cloak with the leaves. Ki avanofik shomadikaoma manka ochali almekarav baravu. He hears a Leonovi say, look at Rav baravu. He's eating up his eternity in this world. He's taking his chai from Gan Eden. So he hears him say that, Nofat Shadinu. He threw him away. 
he shook out his cloak and threw it away, right? So then he left. Uh, he left Gan Eden. Afilu hoki aisil glima sochad glima reichus avne betrays alve dinri. So so the Gemara says. So he emptied out all the leaves because he heard Eliyahu say he's taking his chayr and oilam haba now he doesn't want that. So he emptied out all the leaves, but the cloak absorbed the, the reyach. He was able to sell it for twelve thousand dinarim. And with that, he was able to support himself and his, his uh, sons-in-law. So the Shaila, so what's going on here in the Gemara? You have here an Ormaman. He, he's poor. He can't afford to learn. He meets Eliyahu Novi. Voltech remains, if I met Eliyahu Novi and I had no money, the first thing I would say to Eliyahu Novi is, listen, Eliyahu Novi, you know, Moitze Shabbos, I was singing Zemiris, and I learned how you made this guy rich, and you gave uh, a whole thing, and you built a house for him. So, listen, Eliyahu Novi, I know that you can form miracles. Actually, you could get me a million dollars, maybe half a million, you know, uh, you know whatever, you know. He doesn't ask Eliyahu Novi for money. He has some kashas, and he's shver kaitin and gomorrah. Why, why can't you take Shuma Orum and and he has some other shilas. All he's interested in is learning. He's getting this done that he's poor. So he tells Eliyonavi Akasha. He doesn't ask for money. So Eliyonavi says, why don't you know Taurus? Because I'm poor. So Eliyonavi says, okay, listen, you're poor. Let me give you an eight. So he takes him to Gan Eden. And then when he takes the money that he wants to give him, he says, oh, you're using up your Yishar and Elam So he shakes it out, but he walks away with a bag and worth 12,000 dinars. So what's going on over here? So the Pshad is as a, that you have to know and Eliyono be selling like this. You're an Ani, and you mutter in this world. And he says, listen, it's not Pashat. This world is not meant to be Oilum Habo. This world is not the place where you reap the schar, where you're going to have total simcha. This world is an Avei HaTloyis. It's a place where you're going to have difficulties and challenges, and that's what life is all about. And if you expect life to be, everything has got to be rosy and perfect. There's a world of challenges and difficulties in the Sionis, and that's what life is all about. He says, but you want to know how to bear it, how to, how to, to, to manage, how to overcome the vicissitudes of this world, you have to know that there's a place called Oilum Habo. This is what it's all about. Life in this world is all about the eternal reward of Oilum Habo. This world is just the dearest Arai. And so Yonobi says to him, don't take your schar in Oilum Habo, but just the reyach, just the aroma of Oilum Habo, just the fact that you can know that there's such a thing will keep you going in this world. That's the lesson of Sukkot. Sukkot, we take ourselves into the dearest Sarai. We're living with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Tzelusa, the Hemenusa. It's the most beautiful yontem. You're there sharing your, your, your mamish living with the Riboy Nishoylem Kaviyochel. And it's a dearest Sarai, and it tells you this world is a dearest Sarai. Everything in this world is temporary. It's not here forever. But realize as many challenges as you have, as difficult it is, as, as, diff- as hard as it is, but it's all the road to Olam Habo. That's what it's all about. And that reyach that you'll take from the sukkah, the reyach you'll take from that idea will carry you through all of the challenges and the difficulties and the, 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 the challenges that life gives us. And through that, we'll be zoicher, that through this yontif to live to the rest of the year, for the rest of our lives with the right attitude, the right perspective, that this world is takadiris arai. When you have that, you look at the world with the three eyes of seichel, and that understanding will be zoiche and yet Hashem, that we'll all be able to sit the sukkah's oirish and yosin. And that's why the Gemara Taka says a person who sits in the sukkah will be zoiche to be nana from the sukkah's oirish and yosin. And this is the message. 
The sukkah teaches me that I'll have eventually the sukkah's urshel of Yosem, just like he had that reyach, which should be zoicha, that this yonta should be a yonta that we will eventually zoicha to see the sukkah's urshel of Yosem. Thank you.